0: If you do purchase a slave, this is what God says, he will eat of the holy things and those who are born in his house will eat of the holy things. So the priest and all the holy articles that would be brought home from the temple, you know, made into this delicious feast at night, the servant and his family were supposed to sit at that table with his master and eat with them. Isn't that nuts? Like, that is so not what we think of as slavery nowadays. Hey faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the bible cover to cover it's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for god to speak so join your host jen for a biblical podcast that's hilarious informative imaginative and fun the p40 ministries podcast listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hello, faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode of p 40 Ministries. And you know what? I just want to thank everybody who has been tuning in. So thank you guys so much. I want to thank Belgium for tuning in. I actually have more listeners now in Belgium than I do in any other country other than the U.S., So thank you to Belgium for tuning in so faithfully. And I want to thank the UK as well for tuning in so faithfully. And also thank you to Virginia for continuing to tune in because Virginia is really close to passing up Ohio when it comes to um, listens, but also thanks to Ohio. I mean, I can't forget my own home state. I love Ohio. So thank you to everybody in Ohio for listening in as well. Texas, New Jersey, um, California, New York. I thank all of you guys for just being faithful listeners and continuing to tune in and prioritize your time with God in the morning or whenever really you tune in. I love learning about you guys. So please contact me at P4EMinistries.com slash contact, because I really just love hearing from you guys. It's, it's really enjoyable for me. And if you have any prayer requests, please just uh, throw them my way, and I will write down the prayer request in my little prayer journal each day. But let's go ahead and get started. But before we get started, I do want to mention one other thing. You know, I, a lot of what I say here on the podcast is my own speculation So I really want to encourage you guys to read the Bible and not just listen to me, but I I really want to encourage you guys to actually open up your Bible and read it for yourselves because there might be something I missed. There might be something that you have a question on. There might be something that um, I didn't state very clearly or something I just got wrong. So I would just love for you guys to really open up your Bibles each day to read the passage and not just uh, take my word for it because it's not the word of Jen. It's the word of God. So I just want to make that really clear that I definitely encourage you guys to read your Bibles, like crack open your Bibles each day when you listen to this podcast, or at least crack them open later when you can, if you're like at work or something while you're listening to this podcast, because I just think it's so important to really delve into God's word and don't just take my word for it. But let's talk about Leviticus chapter 22, verses 1 through 16. And I'll be reading out of the World English Bible or the WEB version. Please feel free to read out of the version you prefer. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's start. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, tell Aaron and his sons to separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, which they make holy to me and that they not profane my holy name. I am Yahweh. Tell them if any anyone of all of your offspring throughout your generations approaches the holy things, which the children of Israel make holy to Yahweh, having his uncleanness on him, that soul shall be cut off from before me. I am Yahweh. Whoever of the offspring of Aaron is a leper or has a discharge shall not eat of the holy things until he is clean. Whoever touches anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man who has a seminal omission, or whatever man touches any creeping thing whereby uh, being made unclean, or from a man who may become unclean, whatever uncleanness he has, the person that touches any such thing shall be unclean until the evening and shall not eat of the holy things unless he bathes his body in water. When the sun is down, he shall be clean, and afterward he shall eat of the Holy things, because it is his bread. He shall not eat of that which dies of itself or is torn by animals, defiling himself by it. I am Yahweh. They shall therefore follow my commandment, lest they bear sin for it and die in it if they profane it. I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. No stranger shall eat of the holy thing. A foreigner living with the priests or a hired servant shall not eat of the holy thing. But if a priest buys a slave, purchased by his money, he shall eat of it, and those who are born in his house shall also eat of his bread." If a priest's daughter is married to an outsider, she shall not eat of the heave offering of the holy things. But if a priest's daughter is a widow or divorced and has no child, and has returned to her father's house as in her youth, she may eat of her father's bread, but no stranger shall eat any of it. If a man eats something holy unwittingly, then he shall add the fifth part of the value to it and shall give the holy thing to the priest. The priest shall not profane the holy things of the children of Israel, which they offer to Yahweh. And so cause them to bear the iniquity that brings guilt when they eat their holy things. For I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. Guys, I don't know why, but this is this entire thing was just like a tongue twister for me. <laughs> it was like every other word I was just like stumbling over. But yeah, yeah, I think I need a glass of water or something. But OK, so, you know, the, the W.E.B., as much as I love it, you know, it does have some really old English in it. And so that's why I always say to you guys, like read out of the version you prefer to read out of, because the W-E-B, as much as I love it, and I think they did such a great job with it, it does have some older English that is kind of hard to understand. So I think that was what was causing me to like not be able to speak when I was reading this entire thing. But in verse one, it says, Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, tell Aaron and his sons to separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel. So this is kind of weird because we always think of, you know, Aaron and his sons, who is, you know, the high priest and the priests. Why do they need to separate themselves from the holy things? Aren't they supposed to be holy? But what God was saying here was more that they needed to respect the holy things. And in fact, that word separate could actually be better translated to the word respect when it comes to um, when it comes to Hebrew being translated into English. But. The reason I think they use the word separate themselves is because they need to make sure that when they are unclean, that they are separating themselves from the holy things. And God goes on to mention what causes the priest to become unclean. And when the priest is unclean, he needs to not go and like touch all the holy stuff and like go into the temple and, you know, just just disrespect it. Rather, he needs to separate himself from the holy things when he inevitably becomes ceremonially unclean. And that's kind of what God is saying. Not that the priest always has to separate himself, but just that he needs to be treating God's things with complete and total respect. And if they don't, this is what God says about that priest that chooses to basically profane his stuff or disrespect his stuff. God says that soul shall be cut off from before me. And that just kind of means that God's going to cut him off from doing the priestly work if that priest basically goes on to, you know, profane God's stuff or just disrespect it in any way. He's going to be cut off from being able to be the priest anymore. And we saw that pretty strongly with um, Nadab and Abihu, who went and offered God the strange fire. And we don't know exactly what happened in that instance. I gave some, you know, opinions that I had during that. Maybe they were drunk. Maybe they entered into the most holy place when they were. They said they weren't supposed to. Maybe they just, in their disrespect, disobeyed God about the fire they were supposed to be offering. But one way or the other, they did something very wrong and God consumed them. God's glory consumed them so that they basically just, like, disappeared out of their clothes. And in that way, obviously, they were not going to be the priests anymore. So God makes it clear that they are going to be cut off somehow. And maybe it won't always be with as bad as Nadab and Abihu. Maybe God will just fire them. I don't know. Not like with his holy fire, but just... (laughs) He's going to fire his, his priest from working for him anymore. But anyway, that was just a fun pun that I enjoyed just then. Okay. Anyway, they're going to be cut off if they go ahead and do this stuff that they shouldn't be doing. So how a priest becomes ceremonially unclean. And God gives this list here. Uh, touching any, any unclean, anything that is unclean by the dead. You know, if one of the priests, uh, his family members dies, we talked about that. Maybe if the high priest accidentally touches a dead body somehow, um, or if one of them has a seminal omission, or in other words, they have sex with their wives, um, whoever touches any creeping thing that makes him unclean or a man from whom he may become unclean, whatever uncleanness he has. And it also says if that uh, the priest becomes a leper or has a strange discharge In other words, like pus or some other issue that's going on with his body. Um, At that point, they are no longer allowed to go and, quote unquote, disrespect God's stuff. They need to separate themselves from the holy things when they have these issues happening. When they become sick, if they become a leper, you know, as terrible as that was, or any other kind of skin disease, or if they accidentally touched a dead body or purposefully touched a dead body, or if they had sex with their wives, or anything else really that would cause them to become unclean. And that's what God says. It says whatever causes him to become unclean. The person that touches any such thing shall be unclean until evening and shall not eat of the holy things unless he bathes his body in the water. So he needs to separate himself until he becomes clean again. So either if he's a leper, he he needs to be like healed of his leprosy in order to be able to uh, serve in the priestly duties and eat of the holy food as well. Or say he just uh, does the dirty with his wife that night. He needs to bathe himself in water and he will be unclean that evening. And then the next day he will be okay. And he will be okay to go ahead and serve God again. But he shouldn't be going out and being the priest or serving as the priest while he is unclean in that way. And you can see now why there was a need for many, many priests, because it was probably pretty hard to get many of them ceremonially clean all at the same time. So yeah, I would guess that many priests had to be around in order for them to, um, really be able to serve God efficiently and to serve the people efficiently as well. And that's why we see in the days of Jesus, there was like tons of Pharisees and tons of priests and tons of everything. But there was really only one high priest, but there was a lot of people that worked under the high priest. So anyway, moving forward, the priest or the high priest that becomes ceremonially unclean needs to bathe himself and he will be unclean for an evening, for an entire evening is what it says. Or rather, he shall be unclean until the evening. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it says he shall be unclean until the evening. So for the entire day, actually, he's going to be unclean. So then it says he shall not eat that which dies of itself or is torn by animals, defiling himself by it. I am Yahweh. And I think that's interesting that God says that about priests specifically, because this really is only talking about priests, this entire chapter here. So the priests were never supposed to eat any food that died naturally or was torn by animals. But we did see a verse a while back that said that the Israelites and the the common people probably were allowed to eat those kinds of animals. But they were certainly allowed to sell any kind of animal um, that was in their field that had died naturally. They were allowed to sell it to foreigners, and the foreigners could buy it. Um, And any foreigner that lived in Israel could also eat of animals that that died of themselves. But the priest, they were never allowed to eat any animal that died by itself. And probably this was just to keep the priest as healthy as possible. Because who knows why that animal died. So the priest needed to just basically stick to um, a very healthy diet and not eat any animal that died by itself. Then in verse 9, they shall therefore follow my commandment, lest they bear the sin for it and die in it. If they profane it, I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. So that's why God says the priest needs to do this stuff so that he doesn't die in his sin. Verse 10, no stranger shall eat of the holy thing. A foreigner living with the priest or a hired servant shall not eat of the holy thing. So any foreigner that was like traveling through and decided, you know, the priest was kind and opened up his house to this foreigner to like live there and stay with them for a while, or even a temporary hired servant that the priest had in his house. Those two people were not allowed to eat of any holy thing that the priest took home because you remember the priest was allowed to eat the offerings. I mean, that was like probably the main source of his food was from the offerings people would bring and the priest was allowed to take them home and share them with his family. But any foreigner that was staying with the priest and his family was not allowed to eat of it. And this would have been really countercultural at this time because When foreigners came in as guests, they get the best of the best. You know, when when a guest came into your house back in these days, you would often treat them with great generosity. But God was saying, you are different. So even though, yes, treat this foreigner with generosity, he's not allowed to eat of the holy things because that's going to show you that you are separate from him. And I don't know, like if this foreigner... uh became an Israelite? I would guess maybe he would be allowed to um to eat the holy stuff if he stayed with the priest or maybe any Israelite. I don't know though, it doesn't specifically say that, so don't quote me on that. But anyway, then it says here in verse 15, or I'm sorry, verse 11, if a priest buys a slave purchased by his money, he shall eat of it and those who are born in his house shall eat of his bread. So that's talking about the slave obviously. So if a priest has a slave, and we've talked about slavery before in the Old Testament. We've talked about how it's more of indentured servanthood. But I did find something out recently. An Israelite could actually purchase a servant that was from a different country, like a foreigner. And that was what this is specifically talking about, was that if a priest purchased a servant from a different country— this is how it was supposed to be done. And I've been learning more about the mercy of God, that even though I'm I'm realizing that even though slavery is talked a lot about in scripture, and even divorces and other different issues that uh, the church likes to bring up today, God really took into account human nature when he wrote the law. So even though I don't think God liked slavery, I don't think he wanted slavery, I do think he put it in the law because he just realized just honestly how crappy humans are. And kind of like, if you're going to purchase a slave because somebody from a different country is selling this person, this person's services, and you're going to purchase him, here is the right way to do it. You have to remember who God was talking to back in these days. God was talking to a group of people that didn't know not to eat roadkill off the side of the road. (laughs) God was talking to people that were possibly very violent, who had been slaves themselves, who had seen what slavery was back in Egypt, and now maybe thought, I can have slaves of my own. So God was talking to this type of person when he was writing the Levitical law. And I mean, he was talking to everybody as well, but he was talking to his Israelite people and teaching them the correct way to go. That if you do, if you do buy a slave from a different country, a foreigner, this is how you are supposed to treat them. You are not supposed to treat them cruelly. And that is laid out in scripture all over the place about how a servant was supposed to be treated by their master. A master was never supposed to treat their slaves Harshly, But rather, this person was supposed to be basically a hired worker living in that person's house, that Israelite man's house. And they were also supposed to be part of the family. Because look at this. If you do purchase a slave, this is what God says. He will eat of the holy things and those who are born in his house will eat. Of the holy things. So the priest and all the holy articles that would be brought home from the temple from a hard day's work and, you know, made into this delicious feast at night, the servant and his family were supposed to sit at that table with his master and eat with them. Isn't that nuts? Like, that is so not what we think of as slavery nowadays. We think of slavery as the European way, where the Europeans would like buy human beings and treat them like absolute crap and make them like live out in the fields and, uh, you know, do all their work for them without giving them anything in return. That's what we think of as slavery, because that's how it was done. When the Europeans brought them over to America, that's what slavery was. But that was not what God said was supposed to happen. God says, the person you have as a servant in your house needs to eat at the exact same table that you eat from. And I just love that because people back in these days didn't know how to treat anybody, you know, and God was laying out the rules about how to treat another human being. And it didn't matter if that person was a servant. It didn't matter if that person was a priest. It didn't matter These rules God put in place was for every single human being that lived in Israel, that you were supposed to respect everybody, respect one person as much as the next person. And even Jesus talks about that where he says, don't be favorable towards the rich. And then God even said in Leviticus, don't be favorable towards the poor. Just treat everybody with respect. And that is what God is saying here, that if a priest does in fact have a servant in his house, he needs to treat that servant with respect and that servant will become part of the family. Then in verse 12, it talks about if a priest's daughter is married to an outsider, she shall not eat of the heave offering of the holy things. And I don't know if that means that she can't eat all the holy things, but I'm guessing it does. It does. So she was no longer supposed to be part of that priest's family if she married an outsider. And this makes a lot of sense to me because God was really, really big about the Israelites not marrying anybody that um, was an outsider. And the main reason for that was because outsiders were typically pagans. Outsiders did not believe in God. So anybody outside of the Israelite community didn't have God's laws, didn't believe in God, and probably worshipped some other deity. So God was really big about his people marrying inside the Israelite nation. He wanted his people to marry inside. And he's saying that if a priest has a daughter that marries a foreigner, she's no longer allowed to eat of the holy things because she kind of abandoned her people she kind of abandoned god a little bit and she is no longer part of that israelite family unless she and her husband both convert to judaism then at that point maybe but i don't know once again not stated in scripture if if that was allowed or not maybe it was but we do know that any foreigner that did become part of the israeli nation and started following judaism would be considered a Jew in God's eyes. And they were supposed to be treated as a Jewish brother and sister. But then, in my opinion, that would not be classified as an outsider. So I would guess that in this case, if that daughter uh, married an outsider, that would mean an outsider, not a Jewish convert. This would be somebody that was probably a pagan that lived in a different nation or lived in a surrounding area but probably did not follow God. But if the priest's daughter is a widow or divorced and has no child, which that's a huge part as well, if she has no child, that means that you know the, the child would also be considered an outsider because he would not be a Jew. But say this girl, her husband, who was the outsider, died or she got divorced from him for whatever reason. She could return to her father's house Just as in her youth is what it says. And she may eat of her father's bread, but no stranger shall eat any of it. So that's the big thing was God was really clear about having the priest's food and the holy things be differentiated as holy and outsiders that were pagans and didn't believe in God were not allowed to eat of that stuff. You could still be kind and sh- the, the priest should still be kind to outsiders, you know, inviting them into their house, serving them, but not letting them eat the holy food. But here in verse 14 through 16 to conclude, it says, if a man, and this would probably be an outsider, if a man eats something holy unwittingly, then he shall add the fifth part of its value to it and shall give the holy thing to the priest. So say an outsider accidentally eats something holy. This is just an analogy, but maybe, like, that foreigner that was, you know, staying in that priest's house as a, as a traveler, maybe he, like, went into the kitchen and started, like, nibbling. (laughs) And accidentally ate, like, the food that was holy. It says that if that man accidentally did that, he needs to replace it and add a fifth part of its value to it and give it back to the priest. So, in other words, he has to replace everything he ate plus a fifth of it. So whatever he ate plus a fifth and he needs to give that to the priest whatever he ate. Well friends, this was Leviticus 22. Sorry this episode was a little long, but it was an interesting episode. A lot of fun to talk about and a lot of uh, interesting things in it for sure. But guys, there's going to be a guest on the podcast tomorrow. So join me tomorrow and we'll be having Rachel Adams on the podcast and she's going to be discussing some stuff and uh, she'll she'll be talking about the centurion the faith of the centurion tomorrow. So tune in at 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up for an episode out of Luke with Rachel Adams and myself. Until then, happy listening and God bless.